In a 2013, uh, the year 2013, it was sort of a, well, it was, it was probably the, one of the worst years uh, for our family. You know, it's much like a lot of us uh, compared to the year 2020 that will always be remembered as a bad year. 2013 was, was a bad year for us. Um, I was commuting over an hour to work. It was, um, you know, it was the sixth year that I've, I was doing that, and I was getting tired of just constantly on the roads. I remember between the period of January, February, and March, not only did our, our furnace quit working, but our hot water heater quit working, and, and then our central air unit quit working. So everything uh, in our home was going out on us. Uh, uh, at that time, we had two children, and we were looking to add a third one, and uh, Angela and I uh, were pregnant, or Angela was pregnant for about a month. <laughs> uh, Angela got pregnant, and uh, we lost the child about a month into it. And so 2013 was a year that you know we will never forget. Uh, but when we look back on these events, uh, we look back at them not in resentment, uh, but as faith building. And, you know, we recall verses like James chapter 1, verses 2 and 4. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect results, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And Jesus said in John 16, verse 33, These things I have spoken to you, so that, you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation. But take courage, I have overcome the world. And so when we think about life's ups and downs, um, you know, th- those verses come in mind. Uh, uh, w- of course, we're admonished to be faithful until death, right? Because, uh, again, life is full of ups and downs, and we need to be faithful until death. And when I think of a life of ups and downs, I often think of Elijah. If you would, turn to 1 Kings chapter 17. And I'll be reading some verses out of there in a second, 1 Kings 17. But Elijah is probably the most recognized non-writing prophet uh, in the Old Testament. His name's found some 70 times in the Old Testament through five different books. And in, in 1 Kings 17 is when we first meet him. And we remember him mostly because of that challenge that he made uh, to the Baal worshippers on Mount Carmel. Uh, we remember him as being the mentor to Elisha. And we remember him about being taken up in that whirlwind into heaven. And in the New Testament, Elijah is also pretty prominent. His name is mentioned 29 times uh, in six different books. Remember when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration? There he he was talking to Moses and Elijah. And when Jesus was on the cross and he started speaking Hebrew, you remember what the the Romans were saying? They're saying some thought he was calling for Elijah. They thought that he was calling for Elijah to save him. And in the book of James, we're told that Elijah is a man who has a nature just like ours, a, very, you know, a prayerful nature. And so uh, when we jump in here to 1 Kings chapter 17, uh, verses 1 through 7, let's notice a couple of things about the life of Elijah, especially verses 1 compared to the rest. Verse 1, Now Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the settlers of Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, before whom I stand, surely there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. The word of the Lord came to him, saying, Go away from here and turn eastward and hide yourself in the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. It shall be that you will drink of the brook, 
and I have commanded the ravens to provide for you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and lived in the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he would drink from the brook. It happened after a while that the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. So we see in, this, in the first verse there that we meet Elijah, that he declares to King Ahab, wicked King Ahab, that there's going to be a drought in the land. It's going to be a three and a half year drought. And he's standing up to such a wicked king. Remember his wife was Jezebel. Of course, she's remembered in scripture as being an, uh, an evil queen. And this is probably a big rush for Elijah, standing up uh, in front of this king and telling him uh, what the Lord has to say to him. But then immediately in verse 2, we're told that God sends Elijah away to hide out by the brook Cherith. This is, this is a place of isolation. The word Cherith actually means to, to cut, cut off, right? It's cut off. It's out in, in the distance. It's out in the wilderness. There's nothing around it. But we're, we're told that God is going to provide for him while he's there. The ravens bring him bread and meat in the morning and evening, and he can drink from the brook until it dries up. And he went, but he went, notice, he went from challenging Ahab to, to seclusion. Uh, he, he, the, these scavenger birds, these ravens are bringing him meat. Right? This is probably not filet mignon, uh, but it is probably roadkill right? that they're bringing him. And then he's drinking from this brook in the desert, really, until it dries up. It, it's more of a wadi. Right? It's just, uh, there's not much to it. But at the conclusion of this three and a half year drought, we recall that famous story in the next chapter in 1 Kings 18 where Elijah battles the 450 prophets of Baal. Remember, he builds his altar. They build their altar. They call all day for their God to bring uh, fire from heaven, and nothing happens. And Elijah does the same thing, and, and it does, and it happens. And because of that, those 450 um, uh, Baal worshipers are, are killed and put to death, and and Elijah has victory on Mount Carmel. Right? And the point that, that I'm emphasizing here this evening is, is sometimes in our lives, uh, when we have lives, our lives are filled with ups and downs, sometimes we have to go through a cherith. We have to go through cherith moments before we get to that Carmel. Um, times are tough and we don't know why, but what we notice it was God who sent Elijah to cherith. It was God who provided for Elijah even if it was by those ravens, and it was God who would take him out of Cherith. Psalm 34, verse 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Again, life is filled with ups and downs. For Elijah, there had to be a Cherith before a Carmel. And for the followers of Jesus, there has to be a cross before a crown. Jesus said in Matthew 16, verse 24, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. If there's anyone here this evening uh, who has not taken up his cross, uh, who has not put on Christ in baptism and has become a follower of Jesus, we would love uh, the opportunity to do that uh, this evening to study with you or to baptize you for uh, the forgiveness of your sins. Or if you're here this evening and you need the prayers of the church, uh, you need to ask for forgiveness. Again, this is... No better time than uh, tonight to take care of those needs as together we stand and sing this song of invitation.